Welcome to a takeover edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And with being a, a tax lawyer, Austin has been extra busy at this time of year, and he's actually a bit incapacitated this week. So I'm joined by the better two-thirds of the Debbie Debate podcast crew. Uh, tonight we have uh, Mr. Matthew Bruning at Sports Fanatic MB and Mr. Felix Sharp Esquire at Sharp Review, Sharp with an E. Uh, guys, thanks for joining me today, picking up the slack on your uh, co-host end. Can't believe that we get to sit on uh, in, in Austin's chair. You know, uh, the secret about the Debbie debate is he's actually the the smartest one. I mean, me me and Bruning are just like yahoos, and and Austin is the one who actually knows what he's talking about. So uh, this is one of my favorite shows. So I'm glad to be yep. sitting uh, sitting in the passenger seat with you, Colin. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and I think it speaks to the fact that it takes two of us to replace him on his show, that that how much better he is than us. Me, me and Felix are just the blowhards of the Debbie debate. We just yell at each other and then let Austin come and drop some facts and we go back to yelling at each other again. I mean, you guys always bring the entertainment. So, you know, I expect nothing less than an entertaining debate here um, for you guys today. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little bit of a, a debate at the end. Um, I'm sure you two probably can guess what that surprise debate is going to be, but we'll... Uh, We'll save that as a, as a surprise for the end of everybody. Uh, but we start here with the uh, news segment. Um, you know, we always like to start with a little bit of news. And the franchise tag window is officially closed. Uh, and there are a couple guys who got tagged. Um, starting off with uh, one that everybody pretty much expected to be tagged here in, in Dak Prescott. And obviously, we expected him to get tagged. We were you know, expecting them to work something out. And then they end up working out like a, a nice deal on his end. He ends up getting about 40 million a year, which is kind of what he was looking for. Uh, pretty front loaded though. He gets 75 million in year one, which is an NFL record. But uh, I'll throw this off to you guys here. Does this impact him at all fantasy wise for you? Were you kind of expecting him to come back and, and where's he at in your, in your ranks? I mean, I expected Dak to come back. Um, I mean, Jerry Jones is old. He's gonna. He wants the Super Bowl. You're not going to start rebuilding with Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott is. You know, getting in the later stages of a running back's life. So I expected him to come back. The problem is, is that's a catastrophic injury, and we have seen this previously with an MVP type player and going through a, a catastrophic leg injury. Not even catastrophic. I'm talking about Carson Palmer. Back with the Bengals, I mean, if people remember, Carson Palmer was playing at an MVP level, hurt his knee, and then was never really the same after that. That's what I'm afraid of for, for Dak, who mobility is a part of his game. And, and it's just going to be – I think it's going to be tough for him to, to, to come back from that. I, I hope that he does. That team, that team has is fun. Scott, the skill position players, we're going to see year two of C.D. Lamb. I'm really high on Michael Gallup, but um, but we got to see with with Dak if he's actually fully recovered. I actually can't think of you know another player. Maybe we didn't see Teddy Bridgewater's injury right uh, for the Vikings, but it feels similar to that. And Teddy Bridgewater came back, but never. But Teddy Bridgewater never had the ceiling that Dak Prescott does. So. 
you know, we'll see. I just hope that he is not, you know, worried and concerned about having defensive linemen and and uh, offensive linemen rolled around his legs because that's just that's going to affect how aggressive he's going to be in the pocket and all of the all of his decision making. Uh, so I'm glad that he got his money though because he deserved it. I mean, it, the 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 NFL is a has a monopoly on football labor and they decide how their how players go into that league and so Dak had to wait a while to get his money he's got it he's got it now yeah I think it's a great deal for for him and I'm glad he got paid too. living here in in Texas uh, I can't stand Cowboys fans because all they do is complain about Dak Prescott and I think he's a really good quarterback you know, he was having a phenomenal year last year, obviously, before that injury. He was on pace for almost 6,000 passing yards, and obviously a lot of that had to do with how bad that defense was. But I'm with Felix. I, I'm a little bit worried about that ankle injury. The one thing I will say is I think Dak is still a really good quarterback, and while he may not be able to run as much, I still think he can navigate pretty well from the pocket. Even if he can just extend plays a little bit, maybe not run, but he's got that phenomenal wide receiver core in C.D. Lamb and Cooper, at least locked up for the next couple of years. Gallup. You know, I like Gallup a lot as well. I think Gallup will probably be with the Cowboys this year, but move on next year. I think the biggest benefactor actually from this deal is going to be Zeke. Uh, he was having a phenomenal year last year. I think a lot of people forget about that when Dak was there. He was the number four running back in fantasy up until the point Dak got hurt, and he had actually gotten 12 goal line carries in the four, in the first four games with Dak there because that offense was such high-powered. They were getting down the field and getting in the red zone and allowing Zeke to kind of get those carries. I think with uh, Dak coming back and possibly not having that mobility, maybe they lean a little bit heavier on Zeke these next two years uh, with him kind of coming toward the end of his deal. But I'm glad Dak got it. I think it's a good thing for the Cowboys because he was. it really seemed to be the heart and soul of that team as well. When he went out, that team just did not look the same the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, he definitely was the heart and soul of that team. And, you know, you brought up a really good point there with Zeke. I mean, he just, you know, he there was a name value there and he had like RB2 production just based on the volume, but he really wasn't the same that you remember. And, you know, now he's a, he's a big value right now. Everybody's kind of remembering the end of the year there. Everybody has that recency bias in the back of their mind. And, you know, I think you could go out and get Zeke for pretty cheap right now, actually. So, you know, that was a great point bringing up the Zeke reference there because everybody wants to think about that passing attack. But as that passing attack goes, so does Zeke. And he's a great asset in the pass game as well. So with Dak maybe not being quite as mobile, um, you know, and, and he might not quite have the same confidence that he did before. Uh, you know, I know like coming back from injuries, like, you know, the confidence and the mental side of thing is another uh, other thing you have to take into account there. So maybe he starts to look to check down a little bit more than he did in the past. And you can see an uptick in, in receptions for Zeke, at least at the beginning of the year there. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll move on to the next guy who got tagged, and that was uh, Mr. Allen Robinson, a uh, personal favorite of mine. Uh, I know Austin's a big fan of him as well. Uh, but how are you guys seeing this value for him impact moving forward? Because uh, we kind of, I at least we Austin and I expected him to get tagged as well. Uh, two two things with Allen Robinson. Well, three things. One, first, Detroit stand up. Second of all, um, I'm <laughs> glad that he got his his money. Um, however, Allen Robinson is going to be 28 by the time this season uh, starts. He's going to be 20, I guess, 29 by the time next season starts. Um, man, I really wish he would have gotten that long-term deal to secure him up like right at the end of his prime. That being said, 
the Bears don't have a quarterback, and they have a team that is essentially in a window to compete for the playoffs. And I wouldn't call them a Super Bowl contender, but they do have a window here. I mean, they traded for Khalil Mack. They got to make some moves. And so them tagging Allen Robinson, to me, is indicative of t- that they're going to make a move um, later on uh, at the quarterback position specifically to bring somebody in there to get Allen Robinson the ball. I mean, the list of quarterbacks that Allen Robinson has had is just, I mean, somebody should be indicted. I mean, seriously. Um, and so anyway, I think that this move is a prelude to them. I didn't think that Russell Wilson was going to move from Seattle. But if you're going to tag Allen Robinson without a quarterback in place, that just means to me that you have a second move up your sleeve, whether that be Russell Wilson or maybe Deshaun Watson, probably not. Or maybe, you know, the Bears are, are, are looking to trade up in the draft and grab somebody that they think that they can build around. I don't think that it's the draft. I, I, I got to believe that it's either free agency um, or trading for a quarterback. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money to give a wide receiver. And I don't think any of us believe that wide receiver is a position that you can, you know, build around. Um, so I don't, you know, you got Alex Smith out there. But I just I think is Ryan Pace still the GM at in Chicago? Well, he I, yeah, is. I, that's what I was going to yeah. say. The trading up thing would be a bad. Well, he's going to trade up for <laughs> Kellen Mond. That's what's going to happen <laughs> after his last yeah. move there with Mitch. Uh, but I mean, but that's a veteran team, and I just think that I have to think that their their number one priority is going to be trading for one of these quarterbacks who appear to be um, on the open market. You already had them trade Khalil Mack for a number of firsts. Why wouldn't they do it? Why wouldn't they do it again? So, yeah. And I saw the, uh, I can't remember exactly which sports book it was, but they removed the odds for Russell Wilson or uh, Russell Wilson to Chicago and bumped their uh, Chicago Super Bowl odds up. So, you know, it seems like the sports books might be uh, might be agreeing with you there, might be leaning towards an increased possibility of Russell Wilson to Chicago, which would just be one devastating for the Seattle Seahawks as he's been their entire team. But that would be a coup for Chicago. I think it'd be great for Allen Robinson too. I mean, as I'm a big Allen Robinson fan as well, I think the dude's been just an absolute pro since being in the NFL and has played with quarterbacks of like my talent every single year. And that just sucks. I mean, you know, Felix mentioned him getting paid. I agree. I mean, he got that contract from Chicago, which paid him, if I'm looking at this correctly, roughly $40 million. So it's not bad, but with how good he was for that team with the bad and horrendous quarterback play he had around him, I was hoping he wouldn't get tagged as well to give him that final shot and allow him to finally pick his destination because right now we're looking at him having a future of Nick Foles because uh, that's the only real quarterback on the roster. If they bring somebody in, maybe, you know, obviously, again, I'd love for them to get Allen Robinson. We saw, or, I'm sorry, uh, Russell Wilson because of what he's done with DK and Tyler Lockett. That'd be great for Allen Robinson. I, the one thing I will say is even though he got tagged, I don't think it changes his value at all because we saw while he was more productive with Mitch toward the back end of last year, he was still right in that wide receiver 15 range with Nick Foles. And if Nick Foles is the starting quarterback, I expect him to still put up the numbers because he's just that good. I think he's one of the more underrated wide receivers uh, in the NFL and in fantasy. Like we never talk about him being a top guy and yet he's always finishing as a top 12 wide receiver for fantasy. The last thing I want to say about Allen Robbins, 
uh, Allen Robinson is he went to Orchard Lake St. Mary's, um, it, one of one of the uh, kind of elite prep schools in the Detroit area. It's always producing talent. I was going to say that T.J. Lang went there too, but T.J. Lang, I just looked it up. He went to Birmingham Brother Rice, which is another uh, elite prep school there in the Detroit area. Um, I think that they might actually be rivals, but um, I just had to throw that in there. So. <laughs> Detroit stand up, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll move into the final guy who got tagged here that's like fantasy relevant, uh, and that's Chris Godwin. Uh, that was somebody that Austin and I were, you know, we, we Austin and I typically agree on things. You know, we don't really have too much of a debate, but that was one that we debated a little bit, and, you know, it looks like Godwin is going back to Tampa now. He does get tagged. Uh, which I like for his fantasy value. I think he really fits what Brady is looking to do. And you saw him really come on there towards the end of the year. Um, you know, once that offense really started to get clicking, you know, once he, you know, battled a little bit of injuries, but once he came back, he, uh, you know, he really started to take off at the end of the year. So I think he's going to have a nice year in store next year. Um, Austin did want to see him leave though. Uh, so what are you guys thoughts on Godwin coming back to Tampa? I mean, my thoughts are the same as uh, kind of similar with um, Allen Robinson. When a team franchise tags a wide receiver, that means that they're actually shooting for something. They have a greater objective because you just don't. That's just not. A, I don't think that that's a team, a uh, position that you franchise tag if you're you're not if you don't believe that you're a contender. I mean, the Lions had the same opportunity with Kenny Galladay, and they said, "We'll see you later." So. Um, obviously Tampa Bay um, coming off the Super Bowl, they believe that they're going to reload and do it. And why not? I mean, why not? That offense is loaded. The defense was was dominant in the uh, in the Super Bowl, as I said, that they would. And you all didn't. Y'all thought that I was lying. I told you that defensive line was going to dominate that game. Um, so so that's, you know, I, I think we can already see the roadmap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They believe they're going to repeat. I don't think that they will. Um the, the NFC is going to be loaded with, with, well, maybe Chicago, LA. Is it loaded? Wait a minute. You got the Saints are, are falling off. Um, you got LA. Uh, the, the Cardinals, maybe, maybe they could, do, but anyway, um, you can see what Bruce Arians is doing there in addition to developing all those minority coaches to prepare them for head coaching jobs. He's also gearing up for, a second run and um you got to keep you got to keep Chris Godwin in house to do that because he's the best wide receiver on that team sorry Mike Evans and I might even put Antonio Brown up there uh too and I love my boy my, and then you got Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller man I love my, my Scott, uh, Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson so um Tampa Bay gearing up to make a run at it again yeah, I actually thought Godwin would, made a lot of sense to do the franchise tag. They they keep consider keep continually talking about how they want to run it back this year with Tampa Bay, and they've got the team to do it. You know, Felix was was dead right on what the defense did, and, and that offense with Tom Brady doesn't look like that dude's ever uh, going to fall off the cliff here like some of the other quarterbacks we've seen at his age. I mean, he's only hitting the cap for fifteen million, which is pretty cheap for a wide receiver of his talent. 
You get him for a year in, and I know they're talking about trying to extend him for a longer term deal. I'd be curious to see if maybe he just lets himself hit the market next year because everybody keeps talking about how that the salary cap is going to balloon back up next year, hopefully with stadiums starting to refill and everything. So for me, it made a lot of sense for Godwin to take the tag. He gets 15 mil for one year, which is still a pretty good deal for, for wide receiver. I think it's actually the most he's made, obviously, uh, so far this season. Gets that for one year, gets a chance to repeat Super Bowl champions, and then possibly hit free agency next year and hopefully returning and, and doing a little bit better like he did the year before. Obviously last year dealing with the injuries, just played in the 12 games, didn't even get to a thousand yards where the year before over 120 catches, 1300 yards, nine touchdowns. You know, if he can start to produce like that again, his, his value is going to skyrocket up. Cause I agree with Felix. He's the best wide receiver on that roster. Yeah, I'm a big Godwin fan always have been. So it's music to my ears hearing you guys, uh, you know, hype up Godwin there as well. Um, and you know, you spoke to the defense there too. They, uh, they did re-sign Levante David. Uh, that's looking like they'll probably lose Shaq Barrett since they had tagged him last year. And he is one of the big name, uh, pass rushers on the market right now. So, you know, maybe he signs a one-year deal, like you said, with like the cap situation this year, but I think Shaq Barrett's going to go, but I think that's really the only piece they're going to lose on that defense. So they're still looking like a title contender. So I agree. It definitely makes a lot of sense for Godwin to go back there and and gear up for them to to make another run at it. Because, you know, like you said, it it seems loaded. But then once you actually think about the NFC, it's teams are very even. Uh, I think you got Seattle as long as Russell's there is even. You got Green Bay's right there with them, too. The Rams, I love that Stafford addition. So I think that puts them up in NFC title contender as well. Uh, you know, they get the Cowboys with Dak coming back. That's a possibility there because I don't really love anybody else in the NFC East. Um, Drew Brees posting workout videos. Who knows if he may be even coming back? I don't know. Um, so, you know, you got a lot of you got a lot of mid-tier guys there in the NFC. And so I think it's it's Tampa and I think it's L.A. And, you know, I think that bringing him back is definitely good for their title tent, uh, talk there. Uh, but we'll move into guys that didn't get tagged uh, and then h- kind of how we're th- how this is going to affect their value moving forward. So, um, you know, Felix, being from Detroit, uh, you know, I don't know if you have a special ho- spot in your heart for uh, for Kenny Galladay being a Lions fan. Um, so what are your thoughts on Kenny Galladay hitting the open market here? Is that a, does that tear you up inside a little bit? Mm, no, no, because it was expected. Um, I, I, I realized when they brought in a new regime that it was going to be a complete rebuild. And with Kenny, I mean, Kenny Galladay didn't essentially play this season and it was, it was injury related, but I have to believe he was like, I'm not, I'm not injuring myself for this team before I get my contract. Because you got to remember Kenny Galladay was what, like a 23, 24 year old rookie. He's 20. So he's the same age as Allen Robinson. So this is going to be his only opportunity to get a big, a big contract. Um, So uh, no, it was expected when they brought in Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell, I I knew that Matthew Stafford was going to be gone. I knew that Kenny Galladay was going to be gone. Marvin Jones is going to be gone. Like this is a, a complete rebuild. I've said it on. I can't. I don't remember if it's this show. We do a lot of talking. Um, not this show. I've, I haven't been on this show, so obviously I haven't done it on this show. But a Debbie debate, or maybe I guess spotted somewhere where I said I think the Lions are a candidate to have the number one pick next year. So that's a reason why they may not draft a quarterback this year because they may be shooting like we can draft a quarterback uh, next year. Um, but in, but no, I'm not. I'm not um, surprised that that 
that he's that he's going to leave. And I don't know if they have the cap room. You guys know the cap situation uh, better than I do, but I would love to see him go to L.A. and, and, and join back up with Matthew Stafford so that they can kind of create one of these super te- – no? No, Bruning, you're shaking your head over they're, there. They're negative thirty-two million cap. I don't know how possible it is for them I to, mean, to do it. I mean, we still got the whole numbers, weekend, obviously, numbers. but you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like. I look, I'd love it. I love Kenny Galladay. It's just that seems negative thirty-two million. That's a you know, if it was like maybe negative three million, negative thirty-two. That's a lot. I would like to see him go to a to a team that is you know that just needs a piece. Uh, um, to be to become a contender because he can stretch the field. He's a big physical wide receiver. He, he, he had played really good for us in Detroit. I'm glad we got him out of. It was at Cincinnati first. Where I can't even remember where Kenny down. Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois. That's um, Northern Illinois. Um, so uh, no, we'll we'll see we'll see Kenny Galladay land somewhere and he'll get a, a nice contract and and be a a really good piece for somebody. I tell you what though. I think he's a sell, though, in Dynasty. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, how often do we see these wide receivers switch and then they play really well with a new team? Like, not ever, not ever. So um, if I got to get a Galladay right now is when he signs that new contract, I'm going to try to get uh, mid to late first for him, and you might be able to get that. So, Yeah, I hope that's wrong because I made a, a – trade and got him earlier this year on one of my main teams and uh, I gave up DeAndre Hopkins to get him Jalen Rager in a first round pick so I really hope you're wrong on that because I, I need Galladay to uh, to play well but I was a little bit surprised that Detroit let him go I, just, I thought he was their best player outside of, of DeAndre Swift and you know, I was honestly hoping, especially with the way we always talk about on Debbie debate, that that Justin Fields would fall to to seven and the Lions would take him just to just to antagonize you his entire career for the Lions when he's successful, number one. But number two, giving Justin Fields a great target and Kenny Galladay. But I do like that he's a free agent because he does get to hopefully go out there and get that big contract. I will say I think Kenny Galladay is going to sign a one-year deal this year. I, I think, again, with the salary cap being down, uh, there's not a lot of teams at the top that I think really would go for him. I mean, the top ones, Jacksonville, New England, maybe the Jets. They're kind of the biggest ones in salary cap that I think all could use a wide receiver. Uh, but I don't know if they'd go out and pay Kenny Galladay for any of those. And I wouldn't love him going to any of those spots. either. like maybe Jacksonville, but I'm still worried with how Urban might run that offense. Being so run heavy might hurt Galladay's uh, value a little bit. So I could see him signing maybe like a one-year deal, go out there. Same like Felix just mentioned, he was injured most of last year, only played in five games. Same thing I just said with Godwin. Maybe go back out there, reprove your value, and then kick the bucket one more time, get that massive deal uh, for him, and land on a team that hopefully is better for him. And I guess the the one team I would like to see him go, they've got enough ca- salary cap space to make it work, and I think would be an easy one there. Don't love the quarterback, uh, but I do think he'd be a good fit in that offense, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they've got about $33 million in cap. I think he could be a good fit there. I uh, can I just add one one thing. You mentioned Justin Fields going to uh, Detroit. Listen, that'd be fine because our offensive line is fine, and so we could block for the ten seconds that Justin Fields needs to make a damn decision. So that's all right. It's going to be a touchdown though every time. So then there you go. And I would bet you. I will bet you right now. Justin Fields goes to Detroit this year. It's probably not going to happen. They're going to be a playoff team. Done. Wow. If he starts, if Jared Goff starts, that ain't happening. Justin Fields starts playoff team. 
You heard it here first. We got a live bet on the show, which if, if you guys don't listen to Debbie Debate, you definitely need to because these guys are constantly making bets on there. And I'm looking forward to seeing how some of these cash out, like the Kyle Pitts bet. Uh, that yeah, we I'm going to be singing the Hail Victor song probably <laughs> next offseason. Uh, yeah, so you, <laughs> yeah, so if you guys don't listen to Debbie Debate, you definitely got to tune in there. Uh, you know, these guys, and like I said, Austin uh, are three of the smartest dudes in the industry. You guys got to listen to them, and it's always entertaining, as you can tell so far. Um, so we'll uh, we'll move here real quick here to the next uh, couple guys that didn't get tagged. Uh, the next big name there is Aaron Jones, um, not getting tagged by Green Bay, which is something that I think most people expected. Um, you know, running backs typically don't get tagged too often, um, especially with Green Bay drafting A.J. Dillon the year before. They kind of already had an in-house replacement there uh, for their system. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll kick this one over to you, uh, Matt, first here. With with Aaron Jones, is there anywhere that you uh, you see him going that you like his value more than Green Bay, or is there anywhere that he doesn't take too big of a hit for you? There's only one team I'd like to see him go to that I think keeps his value the same or better, and that's San Francisco because of uh, just how great I think Kyle Shanahan is when he schemes up runs and, and just overall coach. I love Kyle Shanahan, even his like minor pit stop in Cleveland. Been a big fan of him. Uh, outside of that, no, I think it's just Green Bay. I know all the rumors are talking about Miami, and again, they do have the cap room, but – I think the, with the way Gaskin and Ahmed played last year, I, I don't think either one of them just gets pushed to the side. And, and maybe Aaron Jones is better in a committee. We've kind of seen that in Green Bay. He's played well with Jamal Williams, well with A.J. Dillon last year, struggled with injuries here. And there. he seems to get nicked up for a game or two every single year. So maybe he's better in a committee. But outside of really San Francisco, I just I don't see any of those top teams. You know, I know New York Jets need a running back, but I don't. Love what that team's doing. You know, Pittsburgh's cleared up some salary cap room, but would they really spend that much money on a running back? I don't think so. So for me, it would be just San Francisco or Green Bay. I would love for him to to go to. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing history repeat itself right now, right? We've got we had Le'Veon Bell go from leave Pittsburgh and go um, uh, get his big contract, and then go to the fantasy wasteland of the New York Jets. That is, I think, what we're headed for with Aaron Jones. Uh, he's not going to be in Green Bay anymore. By the way, Green Bay has signed like two free agents during my lifetime, Reggie White and Charles, and an injured Charles Woodson that nobody wanted. That, that, te- that team is about as cheap as they can come with with handing out the free agent no, they, contracts. They've hired some, some uh, defensive free agents the past couple of years, didn't they? They got that cornerback or safety and then the, the Smith brothers, one of them. I don't remember. I know they're not actually I, brothers. I'm, I'm just saying just tongue-in-cheek, like that is not a team that is known for handing out second contracts to a lot of players unless it's the unless it's the quarterback. So and they like to try to, I mean, keep go go the cheap route. Um, but uh, uh, Aaron Jones, you know, even if he landed in a lot of – I heard that was a good su- suggestion, Bruno. You said uh, San Francisco. I think that that would keep his his value um, at the level it is now. But I really can't see another place that he would go where he would maintain his value. If it's in Miami, I don't really like that situation as much. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be used in the in the passing game um, the vertical passing game, the way he was used in Green Bay, that's what actually created his value. Green Bay is kind of like the perfect 
spot for him, even though they didn't give him a load. And again, I mean, we got this list of guys here. I think we could just call this the list of cells because these are all players that personally I don't really want to have on my roster because I don't want to be holding the bag at the end of next season when their value absolutely plummets. And I think that we could be we could see the um, the cliff coming for Aaron Jones' value. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't typically like to hang on to guys who are free agents and switching teams. That typically doesn't go well. Uh, I think you can count probably a handful of times where a t- somebody has transferred over to a different team, whether via free agency or the trade market, and they, you know, they actually improved their value. Um, you know, one of which was uh, Brandon Marshall back in Chicago. You know, he actually had a nice year there with them in his first year. And then the other one is one that bit me in the ass personally, and that was Stefan Diggs uh, when he got traded to Buffalo. You know, I I was pretty out on that, not, and I wasn't a big Josh Allen believer. Um, so as much as I loved Diggs, him going to that a new team and a new t- a team with Josh Allen, a quarterback, uh, he was a, a sell for me. So that one bit me in the ass. But I think more often than not, you know, as you have a guy who moves teams, you're better off trying to capitalize on any hype that there may be and like that fact that he's in the news and just trying to sell these guys and get what you can before, like you said, you're left holding the bag. Two other examples at the running. We mentioned Le'Veon Bell switching teams. Steven Jackson going from the Rams to the Falcons, and then another player going from the from the from the uh, Rams to the Falcons and Todd Gurley. I mean, you know, I didn't. Even, I just didn't realize that it was the same the same thing. But one was the St. Louis Rams, one was the L.A. Rams. Um, I, I just, if I have Aaron Jones, I'm very politely going to try to get, you know, uh, the 108 or something like that so I can take Javante Williams and keep on building. Uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll move on to the to the next guy on the list there, and uh, that's Chris Carson. Um, I don't know if anybody really expected him to get tagged in Seattle. I kind of was expecting him to go. Um, so it was more of just kind of a formality where they announced that they weren't going to tag him. Um, I don't think that they're going to bring him back either. I think he's going to look to get any sort of a payday that he can, especially with being you know an undrafted guy or seventh round uh, guy. Um, so you know, being that late of a pick, you know, he didn't really have much of a payday to begin with. So he was probably going to look to cash in while he can. Um, you know, outside of Seattle, I mean, I think that was really the perfect fit for him. Is there anywhere that he could go that would be interesting for you at all? I mean, you got to send him to Pittsburgh, right? I mean, that's how they like to run the ball, and they need a running back. So, I mean, I feel like that's what—that's the right answer. And everybody's got Pittsburgh taking a running back in the draft, but you know, you could get one or two years out of Chris Carson as long as he stays healthy. Healthy. That's another team with a window, and uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that they're going to make a, a splash and, and draft a running back to kind of um, uh, get them to the next to the next level. But I could see them making a one or two year deal. To somebody like Chris Carson to play the last remaining years for with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh seems to be the team everybody is is linking him to. There another team that I would possibly like him to go to, but I don't know how realistic it is. Is a uh, Cincinnati to possibly help back up Joe Mixon? They they seem to have even when Mixon was healthy, like to throw Giovanni Bernard out there. Mixon's been beat up. I do hope, obviously, that Joe Burrow is able to come back and play in week one. And if he is, I think that they're going to try and lean more on the run game. They've got a lot of cap room. There's a couple uh, free agent offensive linemen I think that they could probably get to help 
you know, build up that offensive line a little bit. All the talk about them going a little bit of offense and defense in the draft. I think a guy like Chris Carson would not be a bad fit to kind of help come in there. You can give him the ball, probably give him a decent deal. I don't think he's going to break the bank in any sort of way with him being injured really every single year, even though he's produced, he, he's always getting injured and, probably a bad thing too with Cincinnati because you got Mixon who's always beat up and Chris Carson. But, you know, I just, I don't know if Pittsburgh really goes into pay. Maybe I could see it just because as Felix mentioned, they probably only have one more year left because I don't think Mason Rudolph's the guy. So they've got this last year window with big Ben to try and make one more run. But I mean, I don't, I don't see him beating Baltimore and Cleveland. So (laughs) and as a, as a big Browns fan here, you guys can't see it's Felix is rolling his eyes. (laughs) <laughs> you dropped Detroit like six times in the first 30 minutes of this podcast. I've said Cleveland once. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, uh, I, I agree with you there. I think Chris Carson would make a good fit as a complimentary back. I didn't even think about Cincinnati being a good fit there, but he could pair very well with uh, with Joe Mixon. But, you know, Felix, you mentioned, you know, Green Bay being stingy in free agency. I mean, that's that's Cincinnati, too. You know, they I can't even remember the last free agent that they brought in. But, you know, if Chris Carson doesn't find a market, you know, he may have to settle for a cheaper deal. And I can actually see that being the case. I mean, I think some of these players are going to find themselves not signed, you know, in the summertime and they're going to end up signing deals late. And you could see that with first with a player like Chris Carson, which means he's a buy. Like Chris Carson is the one player who I think could be a buy because you might be able to trade a third round pick and get and get Chris Carson. So, yeah, especially with the rookie fever that you know comes every time you know the draft rolls around, and then as the summer kicks up, you know everybody wants the shiny new toy. Nobody wants the older running back. So, yeah, I think Chris Carson could be a great value pick there. Uh, but uh, we'll move on in here to the last position. There'll be some tight ends here. Uh, the Titans did not tag Johnu Smith, and I, Austin and I debated on that one a little bit there. I, I didn't expect them to necessarily tag Johnu. I know he did. Um, so it's sounding like the writing is on the wall that Johnu may be on the move there as well, and he's like a good young tight end at a position where you know it's it's the top two guys, top three guys, and then it's pretty big cliff. So is there anywhere that Johnu could go that you think would be interesting for his fantasy value? So I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the the sheet here for a second. I actually think both him and Hunter Henry, who we're gonna talk about in a minute, would be great in New England. And I know that Bill Belichick is a massive fan of Hunter Henry to begin with. Talks about him all the time. He's like given interviews for no reason talking about Hunter Henry, uh, and that is not something he does very often. I think the only other player he does that is like Lawrence Taylor. He if you ask him about Lawrence Taylor, he goes on like a diatribe about how great Lawrence Taylor is. So the fact that he Bill Belichick respects Hunter Henry so much. I think obviously we've we've seen they were the ones who kind of revolutionized the tight end position when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I think Hunter Henry would be a great fit in that offense because he's a good blocker and what he could do in the offensive game, uh, which is why I think he's a little bit better fit than Janu. Another team that I'd like to see Janu go to is a little bit high powered offense. They have the cap room to do it. I don't know. If they do it, and there's a little bit of question around their quarterback, uh, but if they get a better quarterback, I think would be a good fit. That's Carolina. They're losing Curtis Samuel, who I love, who's kind of that 
all-around weapon. They finally were able to kind of integrate in that offense with Joe Brady last year. And we've seen John New Smith can be used in the running game. Short area, he's great with that yak. And if they lose Curtis Samuel, maybe they're able to bring in John New Smith because Ian Thomas hasn't done any anything for them at the tight end position. And they can use him all over the field. They can help free up Christian McCaffrey as well. I mean, think about John who running into the backfield and they throw a pitch to to Christian McCaffrey one time, and they got John who running with him, blocking for him. And the next time they pitch it to John Smith, and you're expecting to go to Christian McCaffrey. I think in that high powered offense, because again, that I know you guys talked about it just recently on your NFL episode, all three of those guys finished Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson finished in the top 25. And Teddy Bridgewater was a decent quarterback. If they end up getting and trading, like there's a lot of talk of them trading him and possibly getting the Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson. I mean, could you imagine one of those two guys in that offense with Joe Brady and all those weapons? I'd love to see Jonu go there, even if they keep Teddy Bridgewater's. I think Joe Brady's the perfect offensive mind to kind of finally unlock that skill set that we've seen flashes of in Tennessee, but they haven't quite completely unlocked. Yeah, I think that's a great call there. And in, in, uh, going to Carolina, that's not even something that I had thought about. But with with uh, Curtis Samuel being a free agent, he's probably going to look to get a payday. Um, you know, if, as much as he possibly can. So that's going to open up that type of a role there. And, you know, like you mentioned with Joe Brady, there, just such a great offensive mind. Uh, you know, he could really scheme up some very interesting things with an actual tight end like Janu instead of the husk of Ian Thomas that everybody thought was going to break out and just never really did. I was um, one of those people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, and then you, I mean, you already brought up Hunter Henry. So it sounds like Matt, you want to see Hunter Henry go to new England. Um, it sounds like his days are numbered there in LA and with the chargers, uh, Felix, I'll throw this one over to you. Is there anywhere that you're interested in seeing Hunter Henry go, especially given how barren the tight end position is nowadays? I mean, it's not sexy, but I think that if he just sign, re-signs with the Chargers, that's probably the best place for him. The other, I mean, I feel like the Cardinals have been trying to get an athletic tight end for the longest time, um, so that could also potentially be a spot. Bob also see, I mean, uh, uh, I forgot Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury is always trying to add offensive weapons, but you know, I can't as far as the tight end position. I mean. Every team needs a tight end, so it's really hard to say um, where he would best fit. But, but pro- uh, quite frankly, probably right back there with the with the Chargers. So. There, there is one other spot I, I think Hunter Henry could really do well in, and of course, there's a lot of this going to depend on someone we talked about earlier in the episode. If Seattle keeps Russell Wilson. They, too, I think, have been really looking for a tight end to help them. They've had Hollister, uh, Disley. None of the, they've, they've had injuries. None of those guys have really stepped up. They've always tried to get that tight end involved in the offense, including back to – I can't remember his name now. I just feel Gr- – like Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson. I mean, they've no, had well, – oh. no, Gre- But Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham were really um, successful with Russell Wilson. There was an Ohio State Buckeye that they drafted – that I was hoping was going to, and I can't remember his name now. It jumped out of my head. Uh, I, I thought he was. going I can't be, believe you forgot a high. I know that's what I'm going to say. Guy. I feel like I, I feel like a, a a team up north fan all of a sudden because they don't ever have anybody good in the NFL, so it's hard to remember those successful guys. And I can't remember his name for the save the life of me here, but I, I do think Hunter Henry again, great fit there because you he I think could really open up in the middle of the field because you always have DK and Tyler kind of going deep, and maybe if Russell Wilson decides to not pull a Justin Fields and hold the ball for like half an hour back there and just try and chuck it deep and, ch- and check down to Hunter Henry, I think he'd be a great fit in that offense. Nick Bennett is the there name we go. For. Thank you. Thank you, Felix. And you can say Michigan. You say it. No, just say it. I cannot. 
I refuse to. That's where Austin usually comes in on the Debbie debate when we can't remember these players, and he brings up some dude who was drafted in like 1980. It's like, oh yeah, this is the same height, gives off the height, weight, everything. I'm like, how do you remember that? I'm like searching the pro football reference to find these players, and I can't even don't even think they exist. Yeah, that's just, that's one thing Austin has is he has a real steel trap there with the memory there. I mean, I guess. You kind of have to being, you know, a lawyer one and then tax law two. I don't, I don't know how he's, he does all of that, but uh, we'll move into the last, uh, the, the last tight end news here. Uh, and that's the potential news with, uh, with Zach Ertz possibly being traded at some point here in the near future. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work with his contract because he does have a rather large contract for a tight end. Uh, and he is, uh, you know, up there in age. They believe he's about 30. Um, so, you know, it, I don't know if he gets moved. If he does, it clearly opens up Dallas, an opportunity for Dallas Goddard. Uh, so that could be wheels up for him there. But I think it could also be good for Zach Ertz to just kind of get a refresh somewhere else. Uh, is there anywhere in the league there that you think Zach Ertz could go um, that maybe we haven't mentioned as far as a tight end landing spot? He, Zach Ertz is going to go to a contender. I don't know what contender he's going to go to, but I mean, 30, 31 for an, a, a tight end who's played at the level that Zach Ertz has played isn't very old. I mean, we've seen Tony Gonzalez and Jason Witten and, and those types and Antonio Gates all play well, like to the age 35. So uh, we talk about buys and sells. Zach Ertz's value is really, really low right now, and I think we're going to see him go to a good team. So he's another player that you might be able to trade a third-round pick and pick up a, a player who I think is going to be productive next year with a team that is going to be contending for the playoffs, is going to be uh, you know a good offense, because that's the only team that would bring in a player like that. So um, I, I would – you know if you're a contending team and you got some of those third-round picks that you – don't know what to do with. I would try to. I would try to get a player like Zach Ertz. Yeah, I mean, so I think two of the teams that I just mentioned with Hunter Henry, I think would be perfect fits in New England. I actually think he'd be like the perfect fit in, in replacing Gronk after a couple of years there, Seattle. Uh, but the big one, and I'm sure other people have mentioned it too. I know I've talked about it on my other podcasts is Indy. Uh, they've got the cap room. Pair him back up with Wentz. I mean, they have Jack Doyle, I believe, still under contract. Mo Alley-Cox, the bigger version of T.Y. Hilton, is gone. So now that they've got uh, just uh, Jack Doyle there, I think go, Zach Ertz going there again just opens things up. They don't have to bring in any other wide receivers. They've got Pittman. They've got uh, Campbell. Uh, I can't remember who else is on that roster at the moment. Pascal. As he, I thought he was a free agent, but Pascal, if he's still there, but I think Ertz going there again, him and Wentz have always had that phenomenal connection. They need a tight end who can block and play on the offensive side of the ball or be like receiving weapons. So I, I think Indy is the perfect fit if they can figure out a, a way to make that deal happen. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you there. That's the team that I was thinking would make the most sense. Um, you know, reunite him with Wentz. You know, that could reinvigorate Wentz's career. Reunite him with um, Frank Reich. Frank Reich's very familiar with uh, with Ertz there. So, you know, and and he, the Eagles have a pretty good relationship with uh, with the Colts after the you know they already made a trade there with them. So you know, kind of go back to that well. Uh, I think that's the one that would makes the most sense. That's probably the one you'll hear that get the most traction. Uh, but the uh, the last bit of news there, and then that's something that just broke here recently, um, and that's uh, Mark Ingram signing with the Texans. Uh, I think the Texans are now opening a retirement home at running back there. Uh, do they have anybody under the age of 30? <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously, uh, I think that that makes 
uh, a very interesting pairing with Ingram and David Johnson. Um, Felix, I'll throw this one over to you there. Are, are you interested in Ingram now that he's uh, with the Houston Texans here? Quite frankly, yeah, I, I, I am. I mean, I'm, I, I, listen, these guys who are straggling on their last years who have been productive in the past and can be productive again, I mean, it's the, it's the guys who nobody wants in Dynasty. Like, like remember Chris Johnson? With the Arizona Cardinals that last year, that I mean, it's, he won people fantasy leagues, and you, they cost nothing. And I'm always looking for value at the players that cost no, nothing. And Mark Ingram is it. He's going to be used at the at the at the goal line. He can catch passes, and um, you know, there who else is going to throw the ball to there in Houston? As long as uh, Deshaun Watson plays, and I think he will. Um, yeah, yeah. Sign me up for Mark Ingram. I mean, we talked about third round picks before. What do you need to to, to trade for Mark Ingram? Like uh, some waiver wire dollars? I mean, you don't need you don't need anything to, to 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 trade for Mark Mark Ingram. He might be on your waiver right now, and he's not that old either. So no, I like I like Mark Ingram at his value. It's always about value. It's always about the value for certain players, and he's a good value. Yeah, I disagree with him on that a hundred percent. I don't know if uh, if you've ever you wouldn't to... trade nothing. You wouldn't trade nothing to get Mark Ingram. How can you disagree with that? So I don't know if you've ever tried to move a walker on a field, but Mark Ingram and DJ already behind a horrible offensive line are not going to be able to do much there. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to be there. I do think he's going to get traded. Uh, I just don't want anything to do with that. I'm not saying that Mark Ingram is not going to have a good game maybe too but i know i'd rather keep my free agent dollars because you know you could pick up a guy like oh i don't know darnell mooney who was not rostered by anybody who actually had a really good season there's always a couple of those free agents every single year that i'd rather spend my money on than mark ingram who i mean maybe like i said he has one or two good games and then he's gonna be gone so give me a darnell mooney over over mark ingram all day every day and twice on sunday you go ahead and spend your free agent dollars on Nick Vanette and see how that works out for you. He probably has more uh, first whatever. He's going to have more talent than than. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Just no, he doesn't. He does. Oh, by the uh, way, I'm sorry, Mark Mark Ingram Flint, stand up. All right. <laughs> we had to get the Detroit plug so in that, there. Is that eight Detroit plugs now? Eight. That's <laughs> Flint. That's Flint, which is different than Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> Michigan. It's all the same. Ah, shit. You said it. Oh man, if you're playing, if you're playing at home, that uh, I'm pretty sure Matt saying Michigan fills up the uh, the bingo card there. So you know, take a shot for that one. I think it was, uh, you know, we had. I think we had a Cleveland Browns mention, Matt mentioning Michigan, uh, and then three. Uh, three Detroit or Flint or, or Michigan references from Felix uh, on the diagonal there. So that definitely filled up the bingo card. What's up guys. We should have known that inviting uh, Matt and Felix on those two like to talk for forever. So this episode uh, was stretched a little longer than we originally anticipated when we drew up the show sheet. So we are splitting this in two. Um, this signals the end of episode one tune in next week to hear the rest of the Debbie debate takeover here at campus to Canton. As always, Please rate and review the show on whatever platform you guys are listening on and be sure to get those rates and reviews in because we are going to be giving away a signed Travis Etienne jersey coming up here sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you on Monday. (laughs) 